0: In June 2015, Canada's Truth and Reconciliation Commission released its final report. Included in that report are recommendations for churches. In today's episode, we'll explore those recommendations and what they mean for Mennonites. Hi, my name is Dan Dick and welcome to Church Matters. Steve Heinrichs is the Director of Indigenous Relations for Mennonite Church Canada. He's also the writer and editor of articles and books, including the popular title, Buffalo Shout, Salmon Cry. Welcome to Church Matter,
1: Steve. Good to be here, Dan.
0: Steve, how many recommendations did the TRC put forth that are specifically targeting churches?
1: There are five recommendations that speak to the broader church.
0: Out of how many in total? 94. And of those five recommendations, do they apply broadly to the church
1: in general? Yeah, there are a few that are specifically geared to the settlement churches, those communities that were part of that um, mediated class action lawsuit, uh, the Presbyterian Anglican United Catholic Church. But of those recommendations, there are specific um, calls to the broader church as well.
0: The TRC final report calls for churches to... Quote, "formally adopt and comply with the principles, norms and standards of the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples as a framework for reconciliation." Unquote. That's a mouthful. Can you briefly explain what this UN declaration is all about?
1: For sure. For about 30 years, Indigenous peoples had been meeting with state representatives in a dialogue to have their rights recognized, not made, not created, but just affirmed. We are Indigenous peoples. We're human peoples. We have collective and individual rights. It took 30 years of dialogue and debate to create this document that came out in 2007 that says, here's a way to respectfully relate to Indigenous peoples' around the world. Only about 4% of indigenous peoples live in North America, so this is really a global document.
0: And what does the UN Declaration specifically mean for churches?
1: Well, that's what we're wrestling with. Um, The TRC has called churches to comply with this document, but to be honest, I would say 99.9% of us in the church never heard about it before the TRC lifted it up this past year. So we're in a process of... Of educating ourselves. What do the 46, there are 46 articles within this document. It only takes about half an hour to read, but what does this mean? It's it's a bit of a foreign document to many of us church folks because it's written in legal, international terms. So how does this apply to people who preach and worship and uh, do Sunday school on Sunday mornings and try to follow Jesus throughout the week? We're trying to figure that out.
0: So, as director of Indigenous Relations for Mennonite Church Canada, what are you doing on behalf of the broader church to bring uh, these articles and recommendations to the attention of congregations and individuals?
1: There are some. There are a few communities that have decided to step forward, denominations, and say we're going to comply with the declaration, and now they're in that journey after stating their compliance or their hope to comply of doing some educational work, but there's nothing really out there um, to help us in that journey that's specifically geared to churches, to the Christian community. So I thought the first thing to do, instead of making a statement of, we're going to try to comply, is just to say, we're going to learn. We're going to do our best effort to familiarize ourselves with this declaration and have both Indigenous and non-Indigenous folks wrestling with potential applications for us. In the church community, not only what this might mean for the Canadian state and society at large, but for us and how we live during the week.
0: So can you give perhaps an example or an illustration of what that application of the TRC recommendations for churches, what that might look like in a congregational or an individual Christian setting?
1: For sure. Um, I know many of our communities um, with great intentions engage, Uh, Native communities as part of their summer ministries. Uh, One of the principles lifted up by the declaration is free, prior, and informed consent. That is, if you do anything within an indigenous community, you need the consent of the community in order to engage that work. Some of our ministry work uh, in the past and the present has had such consent. It's been mutual. But some of it, we have to raise questions whether or not it's been at the consent of the larger community. So it's kind of like a marriage relationship. Uh, You can't do anything that's going to impact your spouse, your partner, without the knowledge and awareness and consent of your spouse. Same thing now with the church. We can't do anything that's going to impact Native communities without their awareness, their participation, their sitting at the table and, in fact, even co-leading that conversation. So, if a church
0: wants to do a DVBS program in a Native community, they would want to seek the consent of that entire community.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's that's a difficult one because um, communities are diverse themselves. Um, but it's saying strive to um, not do what has sometimes happened in the past where Christians have imposed themselves because we believe we have such great gifts, we, we eagerly share them. It's saying, yes, we recognize you have gifts, but you need to do it in a way that's respectful of the peoples there, and also respecting their gifts, which is, I think, Article 11 or 12 of the Declaration, which says indigenous peoples have cultural and spiritual traditions that need to be honored and recognized as well.
0: Now, sometimes I know that churches or congregations get invited by uh, an indigenous community to come and do a, a, a camp program or a DV, DVBS program. Um, is it up to the church to see if that
1: invitation is widely endorsed in the community, or how does that work? I think that's a great conversation to have and that the Declaration invites us to have is who is, who is giving us this invitation to participate? Sometimes... Um, there isn't as broad a, a consent or a welcome as needs be to do that in a way that's actually going to benefit um, all parties that are in that relationship. In the past, we have to acknowledge that um, settler Christian folks have been invited into communities, but only by a few, or a handful, in indigenous circles. And that's actually caused tremendous religious divide in native communities. We can't, we can't do that anymore.
0: It sounds like church compliance with the TRC recommendations might come with some significant financial obligations. How realistic is that in a time of shrinking church memberships and donations?
1: That's a great question. So uh, articles, I believe 25 to 31, address questions of land, and land that has been taken away from indigenous communities without their consent, and there needs to be redress and reparation for that. Well, what does that mean for churches? Um, Many who live or who are situated in contested territories, what kind of financial response could they have? Um, We do know, for example, I can lift up a guy named John Stace, who uh, is a Mennonite from the Minnesota area, and he's been learning his own history and how his people uh, were engaged in dispossession of Dakota peoples. So his response, his personal response as a Christian, has been to do uh, a ride to raise awareness on his trike, and he's ridden thousands of kilometers to raise awareness of the story, the histories that we didn't know. And he takes a collection everywhere he goes, and then he takes that money and gives it back to the community and says, I'm trying to do my part. It's small, but it's more than symbolic.
0: The TRC report asks for a statement from denominations and faith groups outlining how they're going to implement the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. They're asking for that by March 31st, 2016. Is that timeline realistic? It's just around the corner. What would be the response from Mennonite Church Canada?
1: One of the gifts of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission has been uh, an encouragement to the churches to collaborate together. So what we can do uh, together, let's do it. So this is one of those times where we're trying to bring together the diverse Christian faith expressions, say, how can we speak to this call? that the TRC has given us. And we recognize that we're in very different places in this journey. Some are farther along in their awareness and even uh, the actual learning they've done on the ground around the Declaration, and others just haven't even explored it at all. So how can we make a statement with integrity on March 31st? There is going to be a gathering of church leaders, probably in Ottawa, coming together to say, We are on a journey. Uh, We're not in a place of compliance, but we commit to educating ourselves, growing in awareness, listening to Indigenous peoples as we try to understand what this declaration means. And my hope is the gift that our Mennonite community is offering to the table is this resource. It's going to be 100-plus pages of biblical, theological, historical reflection on the declaration saying... Here are some great hearts and minds coming together saying this is what it potentially could mean, in multiple ways, to the churches. This 160-page resource, what will it be called and when will it be available? So our title is Wrongs to Rights, How Churches Can Engage the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. And we are hoping to release it actually a week in advance of that March 31st deadline so that we can say to the TRC, we've heard your call, that you can have uh, some hope that churches are responding.
0: Thank you, Steve, for your commitment to honor, respect, and reconcile our church with indigenous peoples. The work you are doing really encourages all of us to learn more and to rebuild right relationships. We are grateful. Thank you.
1: You're more than welcome, Dan. If
0: you would like to read up on TRC recommendations for churches, visit www.commonword.ca and type truth and reconciliation into the handy search bar. You can join me again in just four weeks for another episode of Church Matters. We're here for you at 8.45 a.m. on the third Sunday of every month. We love to hear from our listeners, whether it's by email, phone, or snail mail. Tell us what's on your mind via matters at mennonitechurch.ca or mail us at 600 Shaftesbury Boulevard, Winnipeg, Manitoba, R3P0M4. We're also happy to receive your phone calls and always appreciate your financial support for this program at 1-866-888-6785 or via the donate link at mennonitechurch.ca. I'm your host, Dan Dick. Know that you are called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Thanks for listening. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. the face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living. Salt and light as people of the way.